0: used in ministry. I've used it through many different times. It's a movie by the name of Saving Private Ryan. And and there's a moment in that movie that at the very end of it, after they had fought and went through the battles and went to save this young man by the name of Private Ryan, that that at the very end of the movie, as, as many people had given their life in order to save his, that the head man is, is on the bridge. He's been shot. He is wounded and he's dying. And And he pulls Private Ryan in close and he begins to whisper two words within his ear. And he whispers these two words and he whispers, earn this. Earn this. And those two words, even throughout ministry and throughout living day to day in the United States of America, continue to ring in my head loudly because it reminds me every single day of those that have fought on behalf of our freedom, of those who have went on before us, of those who continue to fight on behalf of our freedom, of those who have sacrificed not just overseas, but of those family members, those wives, and those kids that are sacrificed over here for us to experience what we have. And for that, I would say that by action, not just by words, we need to earn the freedom that they have fought for us. Amen? We need to earn this. So at this, time, at this time, if you are a veteran this morning, we're going to ask that you please stand and join us around the front. I know the deacon board is going to join us here for a few minutes, and they want to present you. If you are a veteran with us this morning, we want to honor you this morning. Would you just make your way down here? Currently active or retired in any way, widow of a veteran, any of those things, we want to honor you. So you make your way across this front this morning. As you have served our country, we want to take a moment and serve you and honor you. Congregation at this moment, can we please stand and give them a warm round of applause of thanking them for their appreciation. Oh, come on. You can do a little bit better than that. These are men and women that have fought for you. And so this morning, the deacons want to present you with a small token of appreciation. Come on, congregation, one more time, can we honor those who have so fought for our freedom this morning? Thank you so much, men, for your service to our country and your continued service to our community. We honor you, and we just don't want to say thank you this morning, but I've learned very recently that more than just thank you for your service, it's more important to say you are never forgotten. And so, uh, thank you so much. Once again, as you're seated this morning, let's give them a warm round of applause as we honor them on this Sunday morning. Amen. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but uh, today is uh, the 11th day of the 11th month. It is the 11th hour, and if you take the numbers in 2018, they all add up to be 11. So today has everything to do with the number 11, and it is an honor to be able to honor those this morning. It is an honor, a huge honor to be to be asked to come and stand on behalf of your pastor. For those of you who do not know me, I've been here a couple of times, and uh, I just feel as family now. That's what I was told this morning, just roll with it, your family, so just go on. So I don't like doing that, but uh, it is an honor to be able to come Uh, My name is Lee Weatherly. I am now full-time evangelism, and uh, it is a great honor to be to be here. I had actually today was free on my schedule, and uh, God just always works things out. Amen. I ask that you uh, continue to pray for me. Uh, I will fly out this Saturday. I will be gone until December, and uh, I will be able to go. I have an amazing honor to be able to join an evangelist friend uh, across the nation and we're going to be going to Israel for the rest of the month and so uh, continue to pray for us as I uh, pray that God would impart knowledge and wisdom and uh, just open up some doorways in ministry I've been there once but I know he's got something else he wants to show me and uh, again I want to say thank you for the, your prayers for that thank you for partnering with us in prayer As we travel around and just see God doing incredible things, we are seeing souls saved, healed, delivered, set free, baptized in the Holy Spirit. God is up to doing amazing things in the United States and around the world. Amen? And so uh, thank you for that. And I also want to say, continue to pray for your pastor. How many appreciate your pastor that you have here? Amen? Amen. Pastor Mike is a one of a kind. And, uh, and I love him. It's been a great honor. I, I spoke to him through text a little bit last night and this morning. And I just wanted him to know that we love him, appreciate him, and an honor it is to be to stand on his behalf on this Sunday morning. But how many know that nothing has caught God off guard? Amen? Amen? I said nothing has caught God off guard. Amen? How many came expecting something from God this morning? Two of you. How many of you really came expecting something from God, this one? Now, now, those of you that know me, I, I'm not one of these, I, you know, I, I'm not in pastor mode anymore, okay? I will love you as a pastor, but I'm not in pastor mode anymore, right? So you're going to have to stay with me this morning. It's going to be a good morning because I came expecting, and I didn't only come expecting this morning, but I believe that tonight, if you will show up for service tonight, God has given me a word for us tonight, and I believe that if you're in need of healing in any way, I believe if you are... You are needing an impartation of the Holy Spirit in your life in any form or fashion. I'm telling you tonight, I've come with high expectation. And if you will agree with me, the Word of God says, wherever two or more will stand in His presence, there He will be. Amen. And it also says, wherever there are, you know, if one will put a thousand, two will put ten thousand. How many know that in this place today, we can conquer a multitude for the kingdom of heaven? Amen. And so I'm asking that you agree with me, that you will come back tonight, that you will be expected for great, mighty miracles, and that you will be uh, come ready to step into the supernatural with me and to the places that I believe God wants to take us. But I know that you showed up on this Sunday morning as we honored our veterans, but you also showed up on this Sunday morning to honor the ultimate one who gave the ultimate sacrifice for us all. Amen. So if you're with me this morning, would you stand with us all across the building? This is my way of honoring God's word this morning. If you have your Bibles with you. I'll be reading a few passages of scripture, and uh, we'll getting into the message this morning and uh, it'll be a few for just a little while and I'll promise me I'll promise you that we'll, we'll get there and I'll try to have you out of here by no later than two o'clock so we'll be good to go amen amen all right all right all right Ms. Christie, the check's been written, right? No, just playing, all right? So, just playing, all right. So this morning with me, Exodus chapter number three, verse number one, and it says this. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And so he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now. Everyone say now. I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Everyone say see. I will now turn aside, and I will see this great sight of why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush, and he said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off of your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. How many believe you're standing on holy ground this morning, Amen. You believe you're really standing on holy ground. Exodus chapter number 24. And it says this, and it says in verse 16 through 18, Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up to the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. I'm going to say 40 days and 40 nights. Exodus chapter number 28. I promise you I'm not going to read you the entire Bible, but we might get through most of it. Exodus 28, verse number 41, and it says, it says, So you shall put them on Aaron your brother and on his sons with him, and you shall anoint... What's that next word? What's that next word? And you shall anoint them. Everyone say them. And you shall consecrate them, and you shall sanctify that they may minister to me as priests. Exodus chapter number 29, verse number 7 and this is what it says. It says, and you shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and anoint him. Father today I thank you for your word God I thank you for the honor and privilege to be to come and speak to your people Father I thank you for the anointing and the presence that is already in this place. Now Father I ask Lord as your servant as your vessel this morning to cleanse me. Father Lord I ask Lord that every word that is spoken this morning would come straight from your throne room and that God you would flow and speak to your people and challenge your people. God lift me up above my talents and above my abilities to be able to speak what you won't have to have spoken to your people on this Sunday morning and we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. If you come expecting, everyone say amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. This morning I want to speak to us for the next three hours on the message called It Takes a Vision. Amen? Now you got to stay with me. If you want out here by lunch, we're going to get through this, all right? So you help me, I will help you, and we'll get out of here. Amen? Amen. So, so don't be crude and don't be rude, uh, rude over that. All right. So just because I said that doesn't mean that you have to shout me down just because you want out early. All right. So, so we're going to be talking about this morning on it takes a vision. Lean to your neighbor and say it takes a vision. Come on, say it like you mean it. Lean to your neighbor and say it takes a vision. It takes a Vision. I began to think about this word, and I began to think about this story and this passage that that God had had began to speak into my spirit. And and if you'll notice in Exodus chapter number three, whenever we read the passage of scripture, we we find to where there's a famous story and a famous passage that we all know of a man by the name of Moses who was on the backside of a desert. And while he was on the backside of a desert, he was back there for forty years. on the backside of the desert, while he was there, he came upon a bush that was. Burning but not being consumed. We all know that story. How many ever heard that story before? Amen? And so I began to read that story. And, and as I began to read that, I began to see how God was giving him a vision. He was giving him words. He was giving him a dream. He was he was speaking to him of direction if you would have he was giving him a vision of where to take his people and it says that as Moses turned aside and he began to say that there was a word that caught my attention and it was a word that says now everyone say now and it says, and so he looked, and, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, so the bush not consumed. And he says, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. I will now turn aside and see this great sight. And I also was reminded of a scripture in the Word of God that says that, behold, now I will do a... New thing. Everyone say that. Behold, Now I will do a new thing. Amen. God didn't say in his word, I'm going to do it tomorrow. He didn't say in his word, I'm going to do it next week. He didn't say in his word, I'm going to do it next month or next year or 50 years down the road. He said, I am going to do a new thing when? now. Amen? Now don't take that out of context because I believe in holding on to traditional things, of things that God has placed in order of things that we have to hold on to. But can I tell you something? That if we live our day to day based off of what happened yesterday, we will never make it through life. Amen? God has something new and fresh for you every single day. His mercies are new. His blessings are new. And when we come into his house on a Sunday morning as we honor the those that have sacrificed for us, we need to come in and honor him who sacrificed the most for us and come with an understanding of saying, God, you have come to do a new thing in Monticello First Assembly on this Sunday morning. How many of you are ready for a new thing to happen here at Monticello First Assembly? Amen. Come on, you got to help me out this morning. I said, How many are ready for God to do a new thing here at Monticello First Assembly? One that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can understand. You can't even think about what God has in store for you. Amen? God will do a thing now. It takes a Vision. Then I began to read and I began to look upon the fact that, that as you study all throughout those different scriptures that we read, it began by saying as Moses began to anoint, that it says he anointed first them. Everyone say them. He anointed them, and then he anointed him. Amen? This morning, I want you to get on the page with me of understanding that God wants to take you as his son and you as his daughter into a place of the supernatural. God wants to take you to a place that you have never experienced. He wants to take you to a place that's not how it was 40 years ago, a place that's not how it was 100 years ago. Guess what? He wants to take you to a place that's not even how it was on the day of Pentecost because he has something new and even greater today for us, amen? He has a new thing for us. God wants to take us into the supernatural, amen? But you must understand that when you study the supernatural Scripture and you study what God was placing in order and giving a vision to a man by the name of Moses about the wilderness tabernacle, that there was only one man who could enter into the Holy of Holies. There was only one person who had a special anointing that was placed upon him that could enter in. But I came on this Sunday morning to let our people know here at Monticello First Assembly, I came to let you know that there's an anointing that God wants to place not upon them, but he wants to place upon you, upon you, and upon you, and upon you, and upon you. You see, I am tired of standing in the natural within the church world. I'm ready to get involved with a church that is moving in the supernatural. Amen. A church that is moving through the things of God that are greater than what we can do. Because when we step into things that are greater than what we can accomplish, can I tell you, it gives blessing and glory and honor to the one who can accomplish those things. Amen? So we see on the backside of the desert where Moses is being given a a vision as God is speaking to him, and he comes across this bush of of a fire that is burning, but it's not consumed. Now, as he begins to speak to him, he begins to speak to him, and he says, "Moses, I have called you to go and set my people free." Everyone say that, "Set my people free." Amen. You know the whole story. You know the song, "Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, let my people go." All right. So you grew up on that. If you've been church any length of time, but you. must understand this as well. It is not God's intention just for you to be set free. I need some real people in church this morning with me, amen? It is not God's intention just for you to be set free. You see, as an evangelist, as a pastor, I get so sick and tired of seeing people that come down to the altar and get set free, and God performs a miracle in their life and they experience Him in a mighty, powerful way. And then they go back and for the next six months, two years, three years, ten years, all they do is sit on a pew and take up my wonderful oxygen that I'm trying to breathe when I'm up here trying to preach to you. I'm ready to see people that when they get set free and they experience something in the supernatural, that they understand and they say, God, I am not settling for just a breakthrough in my life. I am not settling just for you to set me free. God, I am moving into the supernatural to where I can experience you on a day-to-day basis in a way like I've never experienced you before. Can somebody give God a shout of praise in this house on this Sunday morning? God begins to give Moses this vision. And he says, I need you to go and set my people free. And so we all know the story. If you read it all the way through, when Moses goes and he says, I can't do this because I can't speak. I got an issue. I got a problem. How many of us all have when God has called us to do something? We always come up with some excuse, amen? But God says, I don't put up with excuses because i make a way when there even seems to be no way. I put a brother beside you by the name of Aaron. So get your tail up and get out there and get my people out of of bondage. Amen? Are you with me this morning? Are you okay? And he says, I've given you a vision to conquer and possess some things that the enemy has stolen from my kingdom. I don't know about you, but I came here on this Sunday morning because I am ready to possess some things that the enemy has stolen. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that there are some things here, Monticello First Assembly, that the enemy has stolen from you, that the enemy has stolen from some families, that the enemy has stolen from this church. You can look around and you can say, well, we got a good crowd this morning, but can I tell you on this Sunday morning, God's not intended for you to just settle for us for and no more. He has called you to reach a community that is lost and died, and you may not look around. You may say, I see an empty pew, but when I look across this sanctuary, I see a sanctuary that is filled with souls for the kingdom. I see a sanctuary that is filled with the crack addicts. I see a sanctuary that is filled with the alcoholics. I see a sanctuary that is filled with the prostitutes. I see a sanctuary that is filled with the homosexuals why because they are coming into the presence of an almighty god and god is stepping them into the supernatural and setting them free can somebody give god a shout of praise this morning but it takes a vision god gave moses a vision and he led them up to the place The plagues happened. Everything happened to the point to where Pharaoh let God's people go. I don't have time to go here this morning, but we're going to go here for a few. So many times we look at that and we just say, well, he just let his people free. But if you read a little more in depth, you will understand that the very one who kept them in bondage for so long was also the very one who took all the gold and all the silver and everything and placed it right into the hands of the slaves. Now, I don't know about you, but that don't make any sense to me. Right? It's time that we understand that we don't just come and ask God to set us free, but we come with a boldness of understanding that it is God's will, plan, and purpose to not just set you free, but it is His plan and it is His purpose to prosper you in the things of Him. Amen? Then you will find later on down the road where it says where Moses was taken to the top of a mountain and for 40 days and for 40 nights he was on top of the mountain. Now some people would say that in that time frame it took 40 days and 40 nights for God to speak to Moses and write the Ten Commandments. Now if you believe in that, well... I don't know what else I can tell you, but but God is a slow writer if that's how it is. If it took him 40 days and 40 nights to write the Ten Commandments, then guess what? He's pretty slow at it. But I believe that if the God who spoke one spoken word spoke angels into existence, and the God who spoke at one spoken word spoke creation into existence, and the God who spoke at one spoken word spoke galaxies into existence, then it didn't take him 40 days and 40 nights to write the Ten Commandments. Amen? So on this mountaintop, we need to understand that God was giving Moses another vision. He was giving him another direction. And I'm here to tell you here at Monticello First Assembly, because I believe I have a prophetic word for you this morning, that you received a pastor and you prayed for a pastor, but it's not up to you to settle just because you have a pastor. It is still up for you to be the church that God has called you to be, it's not here responsibility to reach the lost out there. It is your responsibility to fill the pews up. So if you blame him because there's an empty pew, you need to look yourself in the mirror, baby, and say it is my fault. It is my reason. God has called me to reach my community. Are you with me this morning? You got to keep a fresh vision on the inside of you. A fresh vision on the inside of you. So God began to speak to Moses again, and he said, he said, I'm giving you direction of a place that I want you to take my people. They've been set free out of bondage. They've been set free out of slavery. But I want to take my people into a supernatural place that no one has ever been before. For 40 days, he begins to give him specific instructions on how to build the Wilderness Tabernacle. The Wilderness Tabernacle. A place to where it was made up of three different parts. There was the outer courts, there was the inner courts, and there was the Holy of Holies. I want to say that. Say the outer courts, the inner courts, and the Holy of Holies. Isn't it ironic? That in the outer courts, the light that is being presented is still natural light. It's the sun. When you step into the inner courts, there is a lamp with seven uh, candlesticks that is lit by oil, which is still natural light. Are you with me? But whenever the priests would enter into the holy of holies, there was no natural light. Whenever you were in the outer court, there were still people that were providing and bringing provision for you. Whenever you were in in the inner court, there were still people moving in and out that were bringing provision for you. Bringing the bread, bringing the oil, bringing the incense, bringing all those things. There was natural provision for you. But when you step into the Holy of Holies, there is nothing natural about it. You see, so many times we think we've stepped into the Holy of Holies just because we got goosebumps over us and I just fell on the floor and I just spoke in tongues and I just danced all over the place. Are you with me this morning? But when you step into the supernatural, there is absolutely nothing natural about it. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see not only this church, but I'm ready to see the church step once again into the supernatural. Amen? He begins to give him clear directions. As it begins to give him clear direction, as it gives him a fresh vision, he begins to tell him of how to set the camp up of how to establish the the Ark of the Covenant, of how to establish the wilderness tabernacle. There was a specific sequence of events that had to happen. There was a specific way. There was a vision that was given, a specificity of how things must come to pass, of how things have to happen. Oh, you got to hang with me for a little while this morning because it's fixing to get rough, it's fixing to get long, and it's fixing to get fast. Are you with me? Are you ready for this? As he began to speak to to Moses, he said, He said, Whenever you pick up camp and you begin to travel and you begin to go somewhere else and and you pick up my wilderness tabernacle, he said, Before anything else happens, my tabernacle will be established first. Amen? My temple will be established first. The Ark of the Covenant will be placed in its place. The the inner courts and the outer courts will be established before you ever establish your home. And you need to understand as well, that whenever they would set their tents up, there were three tribes to the north, three tribes to the south, three tribes to the east, and three tribes to the west. And whenever they would set their tents up as family members, their doorway was always pointing towards the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, how you need to get with me this morning. We need to understand back in the United States of America and back in the church in general, the importance of seeking first His kingdom. Amen? we need to understand that when things are going wrong in your family, when things are going wrong in your life, when your teenagers are acting like heathens, it's not about just saying they're just a teenager. It's about you examining your own life and understanding. Is the temple of God placed first in our life? Is the ark of God placed first in our life? When you wake up in the morning and you step out of your bed, are you facing into the presence of God? When your feet hit the floor do demons begin to tremble because they see and they know that there is a man or there is a woman of God who has been spending time in the presence of God and she or he just woke up so we better be on our best lookout because they are coming to take a little more territory we need to understand in this 21st century that we are living in it says seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and then everything else will be added unto you baby God can't help you with your first ten things if you can't get the first one in order. So stop trying to get the other nine in order and asking God to get those in order when you just need to get your house in order. Now I might not be back tonight, but but I hit you why I can. You know what's a w- wonderful thing about an evangelist is it's my job to make you love your pastor even more. You're missing him about right now, right? Everything had an order, and God had to be first. Three tribes on the north, three tribes on the south, three tribes on the east, and three tribes on the west. A total of 12 tribes. On the end, where the gate was, the entrance into The outer court. Can anyone take a wild guess as to what three tribes were there? My mind escapes the third one, but I know two of them. Can we take a wild guess? You had the tribe of Levi, the Levitical tribe, because of the ease of access of getting into the outer courts and the inner courts and going into the Holy of Holies. The priest tribe. They had to have ease of access. But then there was another tribe, and that's the tribe we're going to focus on because the other one, I guess, just gets overlooked. He's kind of lonely. Y'all can study him sometime, but not today. The other tribe that was established there on the outside was a tribe by the name of... You're just waiting, right? Judah. A tribe by the name of... Judah. You want to say Judah? Does anyone know what Judah means? What? What does it mean? Praise. You want to say praise? Judah means praise. Because you see, Judah, Judah was the tribe that when they were wandering around in the desert. They were the ones who led them. You ever been in a desert season of your life? You ever been in a dry season of your life? (laughs) You ever felt like God is nowhere around and you can't hear a single thing? You don't know what He's speaking, you don't know where He's leading, you don't know where He's going? Well, we need to get back to the basics of understanding of why God set some things in order. Because the reason why He had the tribe of Judah lead them while they were wandering around in the desert, they played the tambourine, they sang, they praised... Listen, there were there were six to twelve million people that were murmuring and griping and complaining, yet there was another tribe on the front end that was leading them in praise and had absolutely no idea where they were going. But you need to understand this morning that whenever you enter into a posture of praise, it doesn't matter what else is going on around you. It doesn't matter if you know where you're going or you don't know where you're going. When you enter into a posture of praise and you say, God, I don't understand where I'm going God I don't understand where you're taking me but you are still worthy you are still worthy you are still worthy you are still worthy you can translate that word uh Judah on down and you will find where it says this other word I forget it's a Greek word off the top of my head and it means thank you Lord you see you need to enter into a place so many times in your life of just thank you Lord just thank you Lord there are so many times we come to God and we're always asking him for something When you come down to these altars, nine times out of ten, what is your prayer? Oh, God, I need. God, I need. God, I need. God, I need. Oh, I don't have no real people in church with me this morning. I got spiritual people. I forgot. There's spiritual people to go to church here. Rusty? But we need to sometimes enter into a place and enter into a posture to where no matter what else is going around us and whether we feel like we are in a desert season or not, that we just enter a posture of, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you saved me. Thank you that you set me free. Thank you that you delivered me. Thank you that you filled me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you that my kids are going to church with me. Thank you that my grandkids are going to church with me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that my kids aren't on crack. Thank you, God, even though if they are, on crack that God they're being set free healed and delivered and baptized in the Holy Spirit thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus I wish someone that's been going through a desert season would understand on this Sunday morning to just stand to your feet and say thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you Jesus you need to understand that whenever you are going to battle and whenever you are in a desert season that there must be a shout of praise on the inside of you because the second thing the tribe of Judah would do is whenever they would go out to battle, the tribe of Judah would go out there the day before in the morning before they began to fight and just began to sing and dance. Now, we all know you're assembly God and you're Pentecostal. And I know that you can sit right here on this pew and think that, that I can't do anything. I can't shout. I can't worship. I can't lift my hands. I can't. Some of you get nervous because I'm getting closer to you now. But, but you, you, can't, you can't do any of those things because people are going to think you crazy and you've lost your mind. You see, when I was growing up in church, I know I'm not that old. At least I don't think I'm that old. I still try to think I'm young. But anyhow, I remember growing up in church that, that the Pentecostal church used to be called the Holy Rollers the pew jumpers, the ones who swing from the chandeliers, the ones who are crazy people, the ones who have done lost their mind. And you come in here on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night and think that you can't lose your mind in the presence of God because someone's going to think something of you. Less what? They already passed by and saw your car out on the parking lot, so you might as well just go ahead and step on in to the reputation that you're known for and step on in to some praise and step on in to some Judah and step on in and say, you know what? I don't care what anyone else cares about. You see, oh my God, you don't know what I've been through to get to where I am. You don't know the hell that I've had to fight to get to where I am. But when I stand on the battlefield and I'm facing the enemy head on, I can just begin the war, begins to even happen. I can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to shout. I'm going to praise. I'm going to dance because God has already given me victory. He has already provided. He has already healed. He has already set free. He has Already said, You see, I need some people on this Sunday morning that are ready to step into the supernatural by entering it through a Jew of praise. Yeah. My God, I got 15 minutes to go. Isn't it ironic? That before, before you could step into the outer courts to even get close to the presence of God, that you had to go through the tribe of praise. I'm fixing to help this worship team out just a little bit. Because you see, I know what it's like to stand before a bunch of religious church people on a Sunday morning with your tie on and, and a suit on. And I'm just talking in general, so please don't get offended. And you come in and you're going through and you're saying, He better finish by 12 o'clock. Cause the House is gonna get full. All the other places gonna get full. You can pay me later for that promotional. Everywhere else is going to get full, and I am hungry, and I am starving, and I didn't come to listen to someone scream, spit, holler. And by the way, I came, and they didn't even sing my song. How can I worship? You laughing now. How can I worship when they didn't sing my song? That's not the right page number. How can I worship when they didn't sing my song? I feel like just staying out in this territory for just a little while. It's getting deep in here. Might as well get ready to swim. I hope you brought your snorkel with you. How can I worship? I I don't even like that song. That's a new song. That's an old song. That song puts me to sleep. That, That song don't even mean anything to me. Guess what, baby? They didn't sing because of you. And you don't come to church to lift up a worship and lift up a praise because it makes you feel good. I didn't come to let a praise out just to make you feel good or to make me look good. I came and I sing a song because yet he is still worthy. He is still the King of Kings. He is still the Lord of Lords. And whether you like the song or you don't like the song, guess what? It's never been about you, it's always been about him and when you make it about you you need to go find you somewhere else because we ain't about you in here we all about Jesus Christ the son of God, the king of kings the lord of lords, the one who gave his life for you That's why when you come, you need to come with a shout on your lips and a voice on the inside of you saying, you know what? I can't wait till they begin to sing on this Sunday morning because I got a fire that is shut up in my bones. I can't, my God. I ain't got time to stay there. But if someone could find me a bottle of water, it would feel really good right now. In order for you to enter into the supernatural, into the inner courts, into the, Matthew, you're just being mean now. Into the outer courts, into the inner courts, in order for you to enter into, you had to first enter in through praise. Say it again. The outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. We say this all the time when we quote this all the time. You in for it now? I don't sweat it through my jacket, so you in for it. Psalms chapter 100, verse number four. Does anyone know what Psalms chapter 100, verse number four says? Oh, we come in and we say, Mm-mm, Pastor, yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Enter into his courts with thanksgiving. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts. Mm, that's a good scripture. We need to come pray. Say, yeah, mm, yeah, hallelujah. All right, that's enough. Let's move on. All right, so so that's kind of how we roll sometimes in church. And we say that. Enter to his gates with thanksgiving. Remember? Thank you, Lord. You see, Whenever they built the tabernacle, the tabernacle was in the center. It was surrounded by the 12 tribes. And on the outside of the 12 tribes, they set up a barrier that had gates. Look into the old city. Before you ever go into this city, you got to go through a what? A gate, right? A door, all right? Are you with me? So, so a gate, thank you so much. So it says, enter into his gate with thanksgiving. I came to church, you entered in through a door. Did you come this morning with thanksgiving? Don't you lie, you in church. <laughs> I know some of you. You were fussing and fighting at your kids in the parking lot all the way from your house to the parking lot. And you get out, you button up your suit, and you go, oh, thank you, Lord. It's been a great day. You walk in, and the greeter greets you and says, how are you doing today, brother so-and-so? Oh, it is such a lovely day. God, is just so good. We have had absolutely no. My kids are just angels. You know they are the devil running loose in your house. (laughs) Yeah, I'm talking about you, all right, so. Who over here, teenagers. They, they'll come after you. He says, "Enter into my gates or his gates with thanksgiving, but enter into his courts." praise, I want you to understand the revelation behind scriptures that you've been reading all your entire life. David was proclaiming here that whenever you step into the city, you need to come in with thanksgiving. But before you could ever get into the outer court, court, courts, you have to enter into his courts with thanksgiving. And you leave out of here on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights and wondering why God ain't done nothing in your life, maybe it's because you ain't entered into His courts yet. You still love me? Good. I didn't think you did there for a little while. You have to enter into His courts with praise. That is why praise is so important. I got eight minutes and three pages of notes to go. Praise is so important. Push your neighbor. I know if your husband, your spouse, your wife, whatever, I know you want to push them a little bit harder, but push your neighbor. And look at them and say this. Say, I'm about. Oh, come on. You've got, you got to get with me. you got eight minutes to get with me, all right? Say, I'm about. Come on, look at your neighbor. Don't look at me. Say, I'm about to praise my way in. Now look at him again and say, I'm about to praise my way in. You see, now you're just repeating things I've said. I want you to say it with something on the inside of you that understands a revelation. And look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, get ready. Because I'm about to praise my way in. You see, I don't know about you, but I found myself in some lonely times in life. I found myself in some times in life that people walked out on me and stabbed me in the back, and I never thought they would. But can I tell you something this morning, that whenever you are going through things in life, you got to Judah your way in the lonely times. You got to judo your way in the bad times. You got to judo your way in the good times. Because you see, the reason why you make it through what you make it through, the reason Why that you are here this morning is because of a praise. You see, when you're broke, you gotta understand that there's still a praise on the inside of you. When you're sick and you're down, and your kids are sick and they're down, you still gotta Judah your way through. When you are thirsty and you are dry, and you're in the wilderness, you still gotta Judah your way through. When your children's done gone crazy and they're on drugs and alcohol and they're sleeping around with every girl on the street corner, every guy on the street corner, you still Got to come to church and enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise and say, I came here on this Sunday morning. So neighbor, don't get mad if I slap you. Don't get mad if I dance around you. Don't get mad if I shout too loud because you don't know what I've been through this week. But I came here on this Sunday morning to tell somebody that there is a Judah on the inside of you. You translate praise down. It also has a word by the name of Yada. We say Yada. Yada is that word I was looking for earlier. That means thank you, Lord. Yada is spelled Y-A-D-A-H. When you take the H off of Yada, not Yoda, Yada, when you take the H off of it, it means intimacy. Now hold on, just stay with me. It means intimacy. When you translate that on down, it means impregnation. Because when you begin to praise, when you begin to praise, There is something that begins to impregnate on the inside of you. I'm talking to you this morning about being impregnated with a fresh vision of God doing new things right here at Monticello First Assembly. I need someone to understand with me that your yada, your Yoda, your whatever you want to call it, that when you step into it, it gets you into a place of impregnation because God is going to birth forth something new. You see, you had to go through Judah before you could ever get into the outer courts. Before you can step into the holy of holies or step into the supernatural, you have to go through Judah. You have to go through praise. You can't program your way in. You can't legislate your way in. You can't command your way in. The Baptist can't get you in. The Methodist can't get you in. The Assembly of God can't get you in. The Catholic can't get you in. The priest can't get you in. The Pope can't get you in. The prophet can't get you in. This worship team can't get you in. Your pastor can't get you in. Your mama can't get you in. And your daddy can't get you in. And your brother or your sister or your auntie or your uncle or whoever it is in your family, there is absolutely no one that can get you in to the presence of God. But you can shabak your way in. You can praise your way in. You can impregnate a new vision. You can begin to worship your way in. Worship. Let's say with me, Very fast. Very fast. Once you pass by and enter through the tribe of Judah. Worship team going to come to the platform makes them feel like I'm getting somewhere. At least you think I'm closing. Once you pass by and pass through Judah to enter in, you came to, there was a white linen wall that was placed all the way around, and then there was a 30 foot wide gate. It was a piece of cloth, but it was 30 feet wide and it was colorful, symbolic of Jesus Christ. That the only way that you can enter in is through Jesus Christ. Amen? There is only one way. Let me say it again. There is only one way. One way. There is only one way to enter in, it is not by Muhammad. It is not by Buddha. It is not by Christa. It is not by anyone else. There is only one way, and His name is Jesus Christ. Let's say with me very fast. You would pass through the gate. The priest, they would roll it up. But before they could roll it up, he had to bow down to pick it up, to roll it up, to open it up for others to get in. Through thanksgiving praise, bowing down, and you enter into What you entered into, then you will find the altar where they would bring the sacrifice, the blood altar. It's always been about the blood, right? You can't make it any further into the presence of God unless you're saved and covered by the blood. Amen? Man, y'all can just play something softly. You have to have the blood. During the Passover, when God was getting His people set free what they have to do they place the blood above the door and it says that he said to the death angel when you see the blood you shall pass over (laughs) hence Passover right a little revelation there in case you didn't know it Passover when you study pass and you break it down it actually means to skip or to hop I'm not going to demonstrate it means to skip or to hop. The blood is vital for us to understand that when it gives us our salvation with Jesus Christ in heaven. But it's also vital for us to understand that when the enemy sees the blood, he has to skip. And he has to hop. Because that don't belong to him. From the altar... He would go to the laver that was made up of the mirrors that they had broken and they would placed. And there was placed water on the inside so that the priest could, after he had the blood sacrifice, he could then cleanse himself. Ephesians chapter 5 verse number 26 tells us that we have to be washed by the Word. We have to be washed. We have to be cleansed by the Word. I don't have time to stay here very long because I'm 1 minute 24 seconds over as it is. But you have to be washed by the Word. Daily, every single day, you have to be washed by the Word. They would stay there, and and, and he'd wash himself, and he would then begin to enter in. You see, the church has has reversed the two so many times. We think that they got to clean themselves up out there before they ever make it in here. You need need to get your theology back in order and understand that God says come to the altar. We're called to love them and be Christ as ever before. And once we love them, we love them through sanctification, through cleansing. Then the priest would enter from the outer courts into the inner court. And in the inner court, he would enter in and there would be the table of showbread, which represents the Word of God, the bread of life. This place there. Again, we're in the natural steel. Then on his, on, his, on his other side, there would be the candlestick. The candlestick that was there that they would have to place the oil on the inside. The oil is representation of the Holy Spirit. How do you keep the fire burning on the inside of your life? It is through the Holy Spirit. It is the moment where there is an anointing and the fire of God and they come together. And can I tell you something? Whenever you step into an anointing, understand there's a cost that comes with it. I don't have time to stay there. I'm over time. But I, I, I should stay there and tell you some things about that. But I don't have time. From that, then, there was the altar of incense. And that altar of incense was right in front of the veil. Now the veil was thick enough and heavy enough that it says it took, I think, 12 oxen to move it. Right? Now I'm not here to debate with you. Nobody really knows, and we're not even going to discuss this of how the priest entered into the Holy of Holies. If it took 12 oxen to move it, we know he didn't pick it up, and move it. You with me? So there was a supernatural thing that had to take place before he stepped into the next realm, the next dimension, the supernatural. And the priest would come and he would stand before the altar of incense. And I believe it was three elements that he would take. And it says that he would stir those elements together and he would place them on the altar of incense. It's also known as the altar of worship. You see, to get in, first, you've got to come through praise. Now, when you want to step into the supernatural, you got to go through worship. But it didn't say that he just placed one element on, and then another element on, and then another element on, and just let it go and just begin to worship. No. It says he took the three elements and he began to stir them. You don't know how it is that you know that you have begin to enter into a realm of worship? It's when there begins to be something that begins to stir on the inside of you, that it's no longer words on the screen. It's no longer you just following where they're going. Guess what? Worship sometimes and really and truly true worship most of the time is not even saying what they're saying. It's entering into a place of just thanks and a place of honor and a place of saying, God, you're holy, you're worthy, you're righteous, you are God alone, you are the King of kings, you are the Lord. It is a place of worship. So, priests priest would stand there, I promise, I'm hurrying, I promise. Priest would stand there. he Would stand as he began to place those elements there, and he would begin to remove his robe, his priestly robe. He began to remove it, the jewels that were all on him. He began to remove those, the crown that was upon his head as the priest. He began to remove those and he began to set them to the side, to the point, to the place where the priest was standing there in his undergarments. What? For the same reason why when David was bringing the ark back into the city, he was trying to reestablish the presence of God, that it says that he danced before the Lord with all of his might until he was in his undergarments. What does that mean? It means that you have to enter into a posture as David and the priest that said, I am no longer a priest. I am no longer a king. I am a nobody. I am simply a creation created by you. There is nothing about me. There is nothing special about me. I am here in humility. I don't know about you. you standing in the open in front of people and your undergarments is pretty humiliating. I am here standing humble. Worshiping. And then it says they would take oil and they would pour over his head and let it flow down all the way. They would rub his entire body down. Time to get into that. You'll notice when Mary Magdalene went to anoint Jesus, what does it say she anointed him at? His where? His feet? His feet? Everyone say feet. How many say feet? feet? How many say feet? Raise your hand you ever read the other gospels the same stories found in two other gospels you know where it says that she anointed them never even mentions his feet but this is just my opinion you might disagree and your pastor might disagree but I'm just telling you my opinion Mary Magdalene received a revelation of who Jesus was and she knew that he was about to go to the cross and give his life but Jesus, up until this point, up to this moment, he had fulfilled every single law that it took to fulfill the priestly, the priestly lineage. Everything. he had fulfilled everything. Except for he had not been anointed. Are you with me this morning? He hadn't been anointed. He was the Son of God. He didn't have to be anointed. But if he fulfilled everything else, why wouldn't he fulfill that one too? Remember the scripture said, You shall anoint them. And then you shall anoint him before him can ever get into there. He had to be anointed twice. And the other, and two other gospels, you will find that when she came before Jesus, that it doesn't even mention about her anointing his feet, it says that she took it and poured it over his head. The priest would have six quarts of oil poured over his head that's how much it takes to keep your car running six quarts. And some of you get mad because the pastor put a little dab on your head and it's a little oily the rest of the day. Come up here tonight and i bring six cords. We'll see how it goes. Just kidding. It was anointed. The priest was being anointed before he could ever step in. Could it be that the reason why Mary anointed his head And the reason why it talks about her anointing his head twice and only mentions about him anointing his feet once, could it be, now this is just me, could it be that before he could step beyond the veil and rent it in two, he had to be anointed to fulfill every single thing? Because his next move was dying on a cross, entering into the Holy of Holies, and renting the veil in two so that you and I can have access why did you say all oh, that you said this word. i said it to set you up for tonight because before you can step into the supernatural you got to come through praise and when you come through praise you got to get back to the altar because it's always about the blood and then you got to have yourself washed by the word And then when you wash yourself with the Word, then you enter in and you partake of the Word of God by the bread of life. Then you reach over and you grab a hold of the anointing oil of the fire of the Holy Spirit and you begin to pour it all over your body and all over your life. And then you stand before God in a posture of worship and then you step into the supernatural. But how did it start? It started with a vision. You want to see this community stepping into the supernatural? You want to see this church stepping into the supernatural? You better catch hold of the vision of the man who stands behind that pulpit. And when you catch hold of the vision, then when you come on every single service, you need to come into His gates with thanksgiving and enter into His courts with praise and then enter by the altar, by the laver, by the fire, by the bread, by the Word, and then enter into a posture of worship. Would you stand with me all across the building this morning? I know it's 12 minutes after. But you know what? I don't preach long just to hold you hostage. I don't. I preach because there's a hunger for the Word. I preach... Because I want to see you get to the place where God wants to take you tonight. Because I'm in high expectation. But how's it going to happen? It's going to happen by us coming in with a spirit of expectancy, a spirit of praise, a spirit of worship, and stepping into the supernatural. Amen? Every head about, every eye closed for just a moment. You're in this place this morning, you say, Pastor Lee, man, I don't even know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I need to give my life to Him. It's vital. It's important. I need to have the blood applied. If that's you this morning, you say, Pastor Lee, that's me. Would you just slip your hand up? Would you pray for me? That's you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. This morning, but everyone repeat after me say, Father, thank you for another opportunity that you have given me for salvation. God, I ask that you come into my life, that you change me. I cannot change myself. God, I need you. Jesus, I believe you went to the cross. You died. You were resurrected so that I can have eternal life. Now, Jesus, come inside of me. Live inside of me and make me who you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, for the next... Can I have two minutes? Can I have two minutes? Two minutes. This is what I want us to do because I want us to prepare us for tonight for just a little bit. Two minutes. I want every eye closed and every hand lifted. They're finishing singing this song again, Waymaker, this morning. How many of you know he's a waymaker? How many of you know even when you don't see him moving, he's still moving? Can we just? as as we've entered this morning through praise can can we just can we just enter for a moment before we leave here can we just say thank you lord come on can you we just let your voices in this come on it's not about me talking it's not about this word they're going to begin to sing but can you just as a posture just begin to say thank you lord thank you for my salvation thank you for my healing god thank you thank you god for setting me free god thank you come on come on can you just let your voice be known toward heaven thank you lord and then, as you begin to transit into worship, just begin to worship Him this morning. Come on, lift your voices in this place. Let's enter into a posture of worship for the next two minutes. For the next two minutes, come on, lift your voices in this place this morning. Come on, do you believe He's here moving? Come on, do you believe it? You gotta believe it this morning. You gotta believe it. Come on, lift your voices
1: knees I worship you. I worship you. You are here.
0: Yes, God, you're here.
1: Turning
0: lives God, on. you're turning lives around. God, and we worship I you. We worship thank you, God. Yes, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Come on, I want a church this morning that's not worried about the time, that's not worried about the meal, but's worried about reaching into a posture of worship. Yes, Holy Spirit.
1: I worship you. Waymaker, miracle worker, Come on, if
0: that's who he is, come on, begin to declare it, begin to decree it. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice this morning. Yes, you are the way maker. You are the promise keeper. You're the light of the come on. Will there be a church found here at Monticello First Assembly? That the angels begin to join in and begin to worship as we worship and allow the windows of heaven to be poured out this morning. I Come on one last time, one last time, one last time, lift way your voices.
1: Maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, right in the darkness, my God, that is who you
0: are. Come on, he's the way maker.
1: Light in the darkness. My.
0: Father, today we thank you for your presence, your power, and your anointing that's in this place. God, I thank you for the lives that are in this place that come hungry for your word. God, I thank you, God, for their sacrifice. God, we thank you for the veterans that are in this place this morning. God, for their service to this country and to your kingdom. God, this morning, God, we thank you and we lift you up. Father, you are truly worthy of all praise, honor, and glory. And Father, tonight... We know that you are already in this place and you're going to meet us right back. But tonight, God, I pray that your people would show up with such a spirit of expectancy, with such a spirit of praise, that God, when they enter into the door, that God, they will come in and say, thank you, Lord, that I get to come back for another service. God, thank you, Lord, that I get to come experience another blessing. And Father, I pray that there be such expectancy, that God, we enter into a place of worship, that transcends us into the supernatural. God, that those that need healing would receive healing. That those that need deliverance would receive deliverance. That those that need a fresh empowerment of your spirit, that deutimous power, that dynamite power. God, that tonight in this place we know that you are going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask, think of and imagine. Because now is a now day. It is a now moment. Today is the day of the Lord and we will be glad in it we come rejoicing in your house on this Sunday morning and this Sunday night could you give God a shout of praise on this Sunday morning as you leave out of this place hug someone tell them that you love them tell them it's so good to see them we will see you back tonight and I ask that you come with a spirit of expectancy in this place because if you come I promise you if you come, God's going to do some things in this house. God bless you and hope you have a blessed rest of this evening.